The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Yep, it's Ilian. Welcome once again to It Came From the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me in the studio. I have seen, <laughs> I don't have senior correspondent, tell us something. I have Elman Jenny Feldy. I can be the senior correspondent <laughs> if you need one today. And I have actress, filmmaker, and um, co-host, uh, guest co-host for there today, uh, Jerry Glennon. Hi, how are you? Do we have Good a son on the back. phone? And we have a son on the phone? Yes. Hello, son. A man on the side. Uh, a man on the phone. <laughs> Gary, is there any relation to Gary Glenn Ross? I feel like the names are so similar. I feel like you guys get married. Are, are, you, are you related? <laughs> no, no relation. <laughs> Gary Glenn Ross, Gary Glenn. Okay, I don't know. So on this week's show, we have another Chris Wolseley's Chris Picks for Redbox. We have another Jay Bird and Lee segment. And uh, Jen and Charlie, senior correspondent Charlie Saladino, have the coverage of the Chambers in Hell, which is an all-year-round event. So they do uh, stuff after Halloween. Super cool. And uh, me, Mark, has uh, interviews with amazing DC artist uh, Nicholas Draper Ivy. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of Sci-Fi.Radio. That's Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which you are the official radio show of. Celebrate over 26, 7, 8 years of conflictness and pop culture stuff. More information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for December the 16th. It is the Big Apple Christmas Con. Um, also, uh, want to give out a shout-out for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, and Millie Portes, Newsday Famous Risen Media, Unchikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yazin Array, Rosa, and The Huracan. you want to have your own little shout-out, go to our website, www.itcamefrail.com, and you can get a shout-out for our show. Also on the It Came From Radio site, there's my book, Designated. It's about a book that it took me 30 years to make. It's out this year. About two warring alien races fighting over a newly discovered power source to war find its way to the planet Earth, and uh, some humans gain abilities as a result. Also, I want to mention... That on um, the where is it? Da, 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 da. December thirteenth, we have our next live show, courtesy of the East Meadow Public Library, with uh, Crider, Crider, creator, <laughs> writer, and illustrator Francis Bonet. Uh, he's going to be giving away a book of his, so you guys want to check that out. So it's www.eastmetal.info for more information. And also on our kind of have our next big show, which is going to be on the. 13? Actually, it's not written in this paper. I guess I'll just tell you. I'll mention that another time. It's not written down. So let's take away with the news. <laughs> um, we have no sad news. Oh, good. So <laughs> Yes. Yay. So Fine. we have uh, actually two bits of news. So we're going to do the, the big news in just a minute. But first, we're going to do from the... That's a lot of nuts! ...department. <laughs> you, uh, Marvel film, The Marvels, has taken the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in a quote-unquote disappointing... $46 million in ticket sales in its first week of release, beating out the new horror film Five Nights at Freddy's based on the video game of the same name, which came in at number two with an additional $8.9 million in its third week of release. 
those of you keeping track, Barbie is still the highest grossing film of this year. And we're running out of year with uh, $636 million, followed by the Super Mario Brothers movie with $574.9 million. And Marvels comes in at number 46. Of hmm. note, The Marvels has the lowest opening of all time out of all the 33 MCU films beating out the second Hulk film, which was the first one doesn't count, which opened at $55.4 million. To put things into perspective, Avengers Part 4, which is the highest opening film, started with the weekend of $357 million. Uh, the first Hulk film opened at $62 million. Um, it's weird how this movie, which is supposed to be like a culmination of female empowerment, Opened really badly, but $46 million opening, I want a $46 million opening <laughs> for my movie. Yeah, I was going to say, if that's bad. <laughs> Hassan, did you see uh, yeah. Marvels? I did. You did? And so you were one of those I people. Did. It was, uh, without spoilers, was it, enter- was it entertaining? Was it enjoyable? I was quite entertained. I did find it quite enjoyable. All right. Without spoilers. <laughs> oh, that's, okay. that's, that's very good. So do you think it should have made more money based on your, what you've seen? Because I remember okay. uh, we here's, talked about... Here's my... Yes, go ahead. I have Let's a bad it. attitude about this. I have a very bad attitude. Oh. I, don't think, I don't think movie reviews should be based on horse trading or on how much... The, it, movies are... You don't, you don't discuss or analyze art by talking about how much a painting sold for. Mm-hmm. So I I don't under I do understand that that is an industry and is you know but I think I think uh, reviewing a movie based on how how well it how much money it made just is is nonsensical. It didn't do well. That's too bad. I thought it was an enjoyable movie. I was entertained by it. Therefore, I thought the movie was a success. Right, yeah, and that's baby. kind of my attitude about it. So I would always say that. I think that if you enjoy a movie, you would want it to do financially well. Right, like the Garbage Bell Kids. <laughs> you just pulled I, out I of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's a movie that I'm a big fan of, and a lot of people seem to have a lot of nasty things to say about it. it, it it's, I think it's tremendous art. Garbage Pail Kids? Did, Jerry, did you see it? But do you, no. care that it didn't, didn't. Do you, you care that it didn't it? do well at the box office? Do you, do you care if it did or did not do well at the box office? I do care, yeah, because I feel like it was very original. Um, if it was a ripoff of something else, which who knows, because you know, who, who knows where people get their ideas, then, then I feel differently. But um, no, I thought it was super creative and original, and I would hope, you know, unless, well, if I meet the creator and I like the creator, because oh. I'm on an individual basis, then I would hope that they made some money. But I don't really know who's responsible for it, but I do respect the art, so that part of me. Hopes it does well. To be honest, it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> so, so Jerry, you did not see the Garbage Pail movie? No, I did not see Are you that. aware of the Garbage the, Pail? No, or the Marvel movie. But mm-hmm. I, agree with, I agree that uh, going to the movies should be something of uh, joy and fun. And, like, we pay for the ticket. That's our responsibility mm-hmm. to pay to get in to see it. And hopefully if we get our, we get our money's worth. Um, it shouldn't matter if it's, you know, gross and this, that, and the other yeah. for the moviegoer. You know, right. it's no skin off their nose either way, whether it does good or bad, because we're still paying for our ticket, the popcorn alone, you know. <laughs> Jerry, do, yeah. you, do you think more highly of a movie if it makes more money? No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, I love, I, and I don't go to the movies as often as I used to, because now with all the streaming as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you do have that experience of going to the movies, getting your popcorn, getting your candy, sitting down in a dark, you know, the, now the, 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 the seats are so comfortable. Mm-hmm. And you enjoy, you get your money's worth. That's mm-hmm. all I'm concerned about. Yay! <laughs> 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 or, you know, 
that's what that's what you're going for. Not to, oh, I hope this makes X amount of money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always like totally agree. I always in in my little Mark world, I was like, if I like something, I want it to be successful. So that's True. where yeah, where I'm not saying I don't want it to be successful, but it's no skin off my nose. Right. Right. If it <laughs> makes millions or doesn't, right, I pay. Right. I paid for my ticket. I paid. I did my share in, right. in buying the ticket. It, mm-hmm. it actually reminds me when I was uh, working at the movie theaters. I mentioned many times. Uh, some people, you know. Sometimes the person used to press the wrong button for the for the ticket, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. and some customers used to get upset. Like, no, I want to make sure my money oh, goes wow. towards this person. I'm like, wow. oh, it's mm. true because we do actually yeah. when we used to tabulate it, you know, well, who made what money. Yeah, yeah. Hold cool. on, let yes. me let me clarify my statement. <laughs> I'm not saying that we shouldn't care whether a movie does well or not. You're saying I'm it's not part of the, the review. Horse trading. I'm talking about the horse trading of like deciding whether a movie has worth or not, or whether a movie was worth seeing because of how much money it made. Right, of course, right. if you enjoy the movie, you do want it to be successful because you want them to make more, right? Or or similar or, product, right? But nice. I think the I think the entirety of the industry has become like if it doesn't explode on that first weekend, it's a worthless movie, and that means the entire genre is changing and the industry is. Right. and everybody, everyone's going to die. And, I mean, it's just <laughs> the, yes, yes, the, yes. the conclusions that people come up with because of all that is just madness, right. in my opinion. It's just too much for us as Correct. just general consumers. I, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back with more Came From the Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. BKG Productions, LLC, your ultimate audio transformation partner. Got audio that needs a magic touch? I am here to elevate your content, specializing in professional audio editing. I can clean up background noise, plosives, and pesky S sounds from podcasts to songs. I've got you covered, whether it's an interview, music track, setting volumes to precise specs. Email bkgvobiz at gmail.com or go to fiverr.com, search for BK Graves 1, and trust me to make your sound sparkle. This is Gray Griffin, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hey, guys, this is Kari Payton. You're listening to It Came From The Radio, so keep listening. Now, back to our show. Step into the fantastic world of cool kids, comics, and toys at 2055 Hempstead Turnpike, East Meadow, New York. Discover Comic-Con exclusives, the latest Funko Pops, and a treasure trove of new and vintage toys and comics. Whether you're a collector or a first-time visitor, we got something to spark your imagination over here. Visit Cool Kids Comics and Toys today. Let your venture begin, huh? Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From The Radio, the official of the Big Your host, Mark Torres, speaking with Jerry Glennon in Hi studio. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> man, Jenny Feldy in hey, studio. Hey, hey, And hey, Hassan Godwin on the phone. How you doing? So, as I mentioned, we have this big old news that we have to talk about. So, it's from the <laughs> One Strike In Your Out follow-up department. The actor strike is quote-unquote over. After 118 days, a deal has been made. Wow. Um, I would like to go over the highlights because there's a lot of stuff that's yeah. happening. And the deal has not been voted on yet, so it's not 
an official official. Oh. They, it, it, the deal has been made and is now presented to all the guild members to vote whether they yay or nay. When is the vote? Um, I do not know, but I know it's pretty darn soon because the, yeah. the ballots have gone out. Uh, okay. And there is a, ironically, there is a very strong anti-vote for this uh, deal. Um, the head of the East, uh, the, the California West Coast Union, he was on a lot of social media. He's like, I was actually involved in the negotiations. I was there. I know this deal. This deal is not that good. Mm-hmm. Do not vote for it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, actress Justine Bateman, who was, uh, I guess, uh, most famous for being in Family Ties, uh, she's also on social media every day saying why some, some of these points are not good. So since we have two actresses and filmmakers in the studio, and then we have Hassan on the phone. This could be interesting. And then we have Hassan. Nice. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're not here, Hassan. Come on. You didn't put in the grit that we did. (laughs) So let's see. You're number Um, three. Sorry. uh, Wage minimums for all performers will increase by 7% effective immediately with another 4% increase in July 2024 and a 3.5 bump in July 2025. That's good, I think. Is 7% increase uh, worth it? Jerry? Yes, no? Jerry? No? Jerry's looking. Jerry. For me, I don't know. Jerry, yeah, I don't Jerry. know. I, don't, I mean, I don't, it's an increase, I, I which know. is a good thing. Uh-huh. It sounds good, but I don't yeah. know. All right, fine. Um, I do want to say that they originally were asking for 11%. Oh, okay. And, and he's like, oh, they went back down okay. to 7 Oh, that puts it in perspective. Yeah. Uh, minimum minimum back, minimums for background actors, stand-ins, and photo doubles also will increase, rising 11% effective immediately, and then they get a 4% increase in two years and a 35 in year three. Um, <laughs> but this is where the big one comes in, artificial intelligence. In cases where a performer's employer seeks to create a quote-unquote digital replica of the actor's voice or um, in, or likeness with the intent of using the copy in their place, mm-hmm. the employer must first obtain, quote, clear and conspicuous consent from the performer. So that means they want to use somebody AI, you mm-hmm. have to ask them and they have to say, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Now, the, the issue here, which I've, I've been uh, a privy to, is that once you give that consent, all bets are off because they can use it however they want, much like with uh, James Earl Jones giving up his rights uh, or likeness for Darth, Va- Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. They can do whatever they want. Vocal likeness. Mm-hmm. Yes, his vocal likeness. Yes, He's, he doesn't look like Darth Vader. Um, they, they can go off and do whatever they want with that right. without the compensation. So once you get compensated for using the, the likeness, that's it. And you're, then they're off to the race and they do whatever they want. So, uh, Jen, what do you think about that? If you're if you're scanned, you give consent to be scanned, mm-hmm. and then they can do whatever they want with it. Well, I'll I'll take it from I guess a viewer. <sighs> what perspective do I want to take this from? As an actress, um, or, or do you want to go God, for the, gonna, the studio? Gonna you want to go, go for the studio? Like, do, do we care as viewers if we're no. watching a real person or we're watching a computer? And our movie's going to go from you know the actor's choices, which are you know oftentimes working with the director to shape a performance. Or would we rather see, you know, basically what what is a kind of like grandiose graphic design, whereas basically we're just seeing kind of like graphic design, AI, uh, totally different method to get there. Do, do we care? Does the public care? I wonder. So it's it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, we talked about um, the Gray Griffin um, situation where they made a puppet, uh, where like a kid in his basement made like a puppet version of a Scooby-Doo and he used AI to make a voice of Daphne and she voices the voice of Daphne right. and she flipped out and it was all big right. on the internet. 
And the guy mm-hmm. said, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm, I'm just a poor kid, remember that? Um, and then he actually redid it, and he released it this week. Oh. And I listened to it, oh. and it's using all human voice performers. Yeah. I got to say, the AI version was way better. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, right. the, the average consumer would listen to these two versions and be like, well, I like the AI better. It sounds like what I think it's supposed to sound like. I so see. right there, I don't, I don't think the consumer will care. What Same. do you think, Jerry? Mm, uh. <laughs> it, it's a tough. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, I, I, I think you know, as an actor, um, to have my, to, I would give my consent for the project, but to to think that you're, yeah. it's like signing, uh, yeah, signing yourself away. You know, where am I going to be used next? Or you got you got something? You got something? Brian <laughs> the engineer. Brian the engineer has something as as a voice uh, guy. Go ahead. I didn't want to cut in. What do you got? To, to what she was saying. What do you got? I, I think I agree. Speak with into the mic. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm the engineer. Um, a one-off is one thing, but mm-hmm. you're saying that once you sign that yeah. one-off, mm-hmm. is now you're, they've got carte blanche for the rest of no for that for yeah. that, no. for that mm-hmm. performance and that no. character, whatever that because is. Because they no, no, oh, I mean, wait for, for, for the character or for your voice? Because your well, voice well, is it's, it's, for that it's, character. It's, but if they decide to use your voice for something else, they're saying, "Well, you already signed off." Well, on it's this. your voice voicing that character, so yeah. they can use that character to do whatever they want. Like yeah, for nah, example, they can't <laughs> they can't have James Earl Jones not be Darth Vader selling pop tarts. Right, he has right. to be Darth Vader <laughs> selling pop tarts. Right. So yeah, then they can use so it. Uh, so I'm still not liking it. Even as an engineer, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Hassan, what do you got? There, I mean, come on. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. But that's, you that's the deal. You sign over once, you get compensated once, and then they've got you, like, as you say, as you've got Darth Vader selling Pop-Tarts <laughs> for the rest of eternity. <laughs> no. Well, you might get compensated multiple times. We didn't get to that part yet. Okay, so moving on. Let's so you, get to you that. Wanna, you go ahead and read it. Um, you go because I don't know where you left off. <laughs> I'm not the reader. Um, <laughs> the employer may also may also get a performance permission to use a replica quote unless the photography or soundtrack remains substantially as scripted, performed, uh, and or recorded. All right, gotcha. Um, the employer must pay for the performer for the amount of days they would have been required to perform scenes mm-hmm. featuring the digital likeness. Mm-hmm. No additional pay is required if the replica later replaces an actor in scenes that they were already paid for performing mm-hmm. the person. Mm-hmm. So they can do the entire performance. And then they can change the performance based on the time that they would have been there, and they don't get paid extra for it, mm-hmm. right? Am I am I reading that correct? I think I think yeah. You do the performance, and then let's say you you know you they want a, a different performance out of that performance. They can change it using your oh, yeah. likeness because you're scanned yeah, without having it. you to call in. Um, right. Much like with um, the movie Fall, they filmed the movie making uh, a rated R movie about the two girls that are stuck on a tower and they. We're gonna, they're gonna fall, and to make it PG, they actually use deep fake technology to replace any curses oh. to be okay. PG thirteen friendly, as opposed okay. to going to refilm those entire right. scenes. So that right. would be the use of AI in that right. situation. They consent to it. And that's super helpful. Right. A lot of times you'll skip a line, or I skipped a line shooting a commercial. I'd self produce, and what am I gonna do? Was trash the whole commercial because I missed the line? But, but or AI <laughs> me could go in and do the line. <laughs> that would be great. But isn't that? Aren't you now losing money because you're not being called into work? Well, if I'm producing, which I oh, was for this, okay, right. you know, when you're self-producing for AI, looking at it from the producer perspective now, yes, I don't want to have to have Jen, me, do the hair and makeup for two hours just so I could do one line because I messed up a line for a commercial, but I can take AI Jen and I can just insert her in, mm-hmm. which I think the public is going to be able to possibly use this compati- you know, this capability too. All right. So um, Also, if you're under contract 
for an entire project. Mm-hmm. They're not going to renegotiate the contract and, and, and compensate you for extended work if you're still under the contract of the original project. Right. So say, like, if the contract that you signed calls for reshoots or for uh, ADR or something like that, mm-hmm. that's all within the realm of the, of the contract. So if they find out they need a little bit of extensive work or whatever, you're still under contract. So it's kind of the same as the AI. Like if, if uh, you know, if if there's a project and it's under a particular contract and they need to use the AI that they already have your permission to use to to make a change, they don't necessarily have to compensate you for that, depending on what contract you sign. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you don't yeah. have to get compensated for every little thing you do. Okay. Um, right. Like so, people within the project. Know. Like makeup artists, like I was called back to do three extra days for a short films. I was called back as a makeup artist. So for me, it's like I like that because production took too long. But production won't take too long when you can just use AI to do quick adjustments. Right. You don't have to waste money on giving your makeup artist, you know, this and that per day. So there's some benefits. Um, let's see. So schedule F performers. Very, very little. But yeah. <laughs> schedule, yeah. Schedule F performers, actors who meet a sire, a higher salary threshold, would not receive any additional pay or use for their replicas. So the big stars, Tom Cruise, even if he is scanned, no extra money for Tom Cruise, no matter what. I think that's interesting. I mean, they already have enough money. I was going to say. But <laughs> it's still them being used without the yeah, without, 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 without It's yeah. bad. All of it's bad. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. Yeah. Yeah, this I, is wait what? Yeah, um, taking anybody taking your likeness to do something with it without your consent after for you know for one time uh, compensation is is going is ultimately going to be bad no matter what the the circumstances are. It also, ultimately can't be it can't be it can't be an ultimate good. It has to be an ultimate bad. Right. Just because you don't have control over what you look like and what you sound like and what you say and what you do, that can't be a good thing in the long run. It could be, it, it could be good to solve small problems here and there, yeah. but in the long run, it is not a good thing. It's not a good deal to have that and, you know, in, the, in, the, in the loop. Uh, so let's see. Um, the, uh, the use of quote-unquote synthetic performers, which are non-human actors, mm-hmm. uh, non-digital um, people who appear on screen instead of human performers, uh, the contract states that the companies must notify and plead their case to the union before a synthetic, a synthetic performer is used instead of a human performer. So basically, if you're an alien, if you're a dog, if you're a tree, those motion capture CGI performances, much like with Andy Serkis for the Planet of the Apes movies, right? They that that doesn't fall under the use and consent of being scanned as a human because it's not you; it's the right. synthetic performer. Which isn't really them; it's something else. Right? Say what? <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other. Board game. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other thing. Um, and then we have the streaming bonuses, which was the other the other big thing. So, streaming performers will be granted a streaming bonus in addition to residuals, if if their program is viewed by at least twenty percent of the streaming platform's domestic subscribers within the first ninety days of its release. 25% of that bonus will go to a newly created streaming payment distribution fund, which will be used for streaming bonuses for additional performers. So the money goes into a fund <laughs> for, for other performers, and it only gets money if at least 20% of that platform's number. So let's say one guy decides to watch it 30, 35,000 times. That doesn't count. 
And also, if you think about it, what qualifies as a, a percentage since they really don't divulge what their numbers are. Right. And on top of all that, it's only for the first 90 days. So yeah, if you have no. a new show no, on a streaming stupid. service and you decide, I'm going to start promoting it on day 30. Right. Then when it hits day 60, no. that's the cutoff, no. even though it was out there right. for day 90. So the 90 days is from the date of release, not the date of promotion. So you can release something, have a soft release, as sometimes oh, they okay. do, and then push it after the, 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 the 90 days are up or even, even 30 days. It's, it's crazy, as Hassan yeah, was saying, I mean, about, that's, the, that's about the, the instant need and some gratification. That, that's what they're going for. So uh, what do you got, Hassan? That's detrimental to the studio also because they need to, you know, that that first 90 days is crucial to money making. So it kind of works in the best interest of both the artist and the studio to be promoting as much as humanly possible in the first 90 days or whatever product comes out. So if the studio is trying to mess over the artist by waiting the 90 days to, to start doing promotions so that they can cheat the artist out of their residuals, they're probably also going to be cheating themselves. But I'm just because saying that... things have a very short shelf life. I'm just saying that the 90 days, it's, it's a 90 day, like this is set in stone. So if it makes it in day 91, only because they don't promote it as much on the first day, that makes a huge difference. True, but I mean, look, if it does really well, what's going to happen? There's going to be a sequel. There's going to be more. Right. And then the artist may have the opportunity to renegotiate based on the success of the, uh, you know, of the product, even if it didn't hit the 90-day threshold. So, I mean, there's always, there's always a possibility in renegotiation or negotiating for a better deal for, you know, for follow-up editions of whatever product it is. So we're you know, almost which, which they do now, right? But we're almost out of time. So, uh, do you want to have your final thought there, uh, Jerry, on the whole situation? It's yeah, just like I said, um, it, it, there's there's like like a double edged sword, and there's so many different um, um, takes on it, and it's like there's enough for everybody, and we all just should calm down and and you know make it make it right for everybody. And not just have like all these stipulations and all these um, undercurrents underlined, you know, in the contract. I mean, it's everybody. All actors want to work. They want to work. Jen, what do you got? We got thirty seconds. Actors want to work. That's super nice. I think, uh, as I'll say it again, the the systems are crumbling in the U.S. Do we need all these people spending their time making movies? Maybe we should be working on agriculture instead. And I'm an actress <laughs> saying this, and this goes against everything that I want. But I also know we need to overhaul the food industry. So maybe all the actors should become farmers. That's my final thought. Hassan, you got 30 seconds. Final thought. I, I think it's super disturbing that the studios are trying to X out the actual live uh, actors and artists yeah. in the product in the first place. And I think that that's a bad trend, and I think it's only going to get worse. And I think, uh, you know, it's, I think it's ultimately going to destroy the entire industry. So my final thought with less than 10 seconds, um, I think the they waited this long for this deal, and I don't think that this deal was worth the wait. That's my oh. thought. So everybody yeah. listening to us on the air, we'll see you next week. For the rest of you, we'll be right back with more It Came From The Radio. This is Gray Griffin, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. 
Hey, it came from the radio fans. It is Chris Woolsey, the king of streaming, back with another segment of Chris's Picks for what is hot on Redbox this month. Well, you know, we are getting closer and closer to the holiday season, and so Redbox has got you covered with all kinds of fun titles. Um, I've got a perfect one to segue you from spooky season into the regular holiday season, and that is the dark comedy Black Friday. This stars Bruce Campbell, one of my favorite actors from Evil Dead and Army of Darkness, and he plays the manager of a large toy store that, uh, along with uh, Michael J. White and Ivana Baccaro from Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Devin Sawa from uh, Final Destination, they are preparing for Black Friday sales and the tsunami of humanity that is going to come pouring in the doors. Well, little do they know that there is actually an outbreak and this uh, group of shoppers quickly turn into a zombie invasion and the employees need to uh, defend themselves and save the world at the same time. It's super fun. Uh, You're going to love it. If uh, mainline uh, seasonal fare is not your jam, this one definitely is. But if you are looking for a uh, great holiday rom-com. We have A Great North Christmas. Um, This one is super cute. Uh, Carolyn, who is this like ridiculous uh, type A workaholic, she gets dragged off to a ski vacation with her friends and kind of uh, gets dumped into the life of this super sweet kind of country bumpkin who, you know, would be the last person she would ever talk to, but, you know, it is the Christmas season, and so uh, it's a Christmas miracle that these two may just end up together. It's starring Laura Mitchell from A Million Little Things and Jay Hindle from Dragged Across Concrete. Um, if you are looking for a super cute, uh, fun rom-com for the whole family, this one is definitely going to be up your alley. We've got another one, uh, Christmas Town, and that's starring Candace Cameron Burr from Fuller House and Tim Razon from Winona Earp. Um, and this is about uh, Lauren, who is a uh, getting ready to start her career as a teacher, stops in this little country town in the Northeast and runs into uh, this handyman, Travis, and his foster son, and she quickly falls in love with not only the town, but also uh, Travis and his son. So, very sweet. Um, something for the whole family. Check out Christmas Town. But, if you are not into Holiday Fair, Redbox still has you covered. Uh, this one is one of my absolute favorite films. This is a Kevin Costner classic that I feel like is just forgotten. And that's the political thriller No Way Out. Starring Kevin Costner, Gene Hackman, uh, Sean Young, who I had an unhealthy obsession with throughout most of the 80s. Um, It is a great film. If you like taut thrillers, uh, this is a fantastic one. But it's got a twist at the end that you do not see coming. It is really good. Highly recommend No Way Out. Um, Another forgotten classic is uh, Valley Girl, starring Nicolas Cage and Deborah Foreman. Um, this is an awesome film. It's like a modern retelling of Romeo and Juliet. Uh, he's a punk from Hollywood. She's a valley girl who spends most of her time shopping at the mall, and somehow magic happens. 
Um, I love it. I think it, it was one of Nicolas Cage's first movies. The music is spectacular. So many great 80s bands on this soundtrack. Um, it was kind of the soundtrack of legend. Uh, the Plimsolls, a great 80s band, are actually in the movie. Highly recommended. Check it out. You will not be sorry. Uh, we also have a really funny movie, uh, Barry Monday. Uh, Patrick Wilson from Watchmen. Judy Greer from Arrested Development. Chloe Sevigny from American Beauty. And he plays this like kind of skeezy older guy who's always scamming on younger women. And through some circumstances that I will not reveal because I'm not that guy, uh, he loses the ability to have children. Uh, out of the woodwork comes Judy Greer, a woman he apparently slept with and can't even remember, who is now pregnant. And he sees this as his last chance to actually be a good man and do the right thing. And so it's about him completely overhauling his life, his personality, everything. Um, it's hilarious. Performances are fantastic. Judy Greer is hysterical as always. Check out Barry Monday. Again, this has been another Chris's Picks uh, for what is hot on Redbox this month. Enjoy. Thank you. It came from the radio fans, and I look forward to talking to you next month. Bye-bye. Hello, friends. This is Ranger Rob, and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about Copland. The movie Copland. Yep. Starring your favorite guy. Robert De Niro. No. Well, Robert De Niro is it? Is he your favorite? Oh no, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone's in this. Ray Liotta, um, Harvey Keitel, right? There's um, the guy from Goodfellas. That's Ray Liotta. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, and actually, and and Robert De Niro, both of them are from Goodfellas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Harvey Keitel, like those guys have been around forever. They do a lot of movies together, or they did. At least uh, De Niro and Keitel did. You know, uh, who else is in this? There's so many people. There's a couple of people from the TV show The Sopranos in it, which I didn't actually forgot about. Then there was, um, who's the other? Oh, uh, Janine Garofalo, who's like a comedian. She was in it. And then it's like a, just a, Annabella Sciorra, I think, is another one. She was like the 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 wife who um, was getting beat a little bit. And that Sylvester Hi. Stallone, like, helped. So what yeah. is the movie about? Well, it's about good cops and bad cops in it's, a cop land. It's about a land that has a lot of cops. Yeah. And there are good cops and bad cops in that cop land. Well, more like there's a lot of bad cops. Very Not yeah. what? There are good cops and bad cops. Yeah, but I'm saying there's more bad cops than good cops. Mm, in cop land? Well, yeah, yeah. cop land. The good cops don't. Mm, are they even good cops if they don't do anything? I, know. I, I, t- I, I didn't like Sylvester Stallone in it. Why didn't you like him? He was because it was like I like him when he actually like you know yells or something. I don't know. I don't like him when he just like 
When he's not like in a submissive when, role. And then he's when weak. he's not Rocky. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like when he's weak. But he's not. That's the whole point of the thing, right? And like, I don't he's like a it. big guy. He's the sheriff. He he hurt himself saving somebody. Like lost his hearing, yeah. right? And he couldn't get a job as a police officer. So somehow he got the job as the sheriff of Copland. You know. I also didn't like how he was fat. Oh man. You know it's. You know, if you didn't like it, you didn't like how he was weak, and that means he played the role pretty, pretty well. He did though, actually. Yeah, he did a good job. Because you didn't like it, you're not meant to like it. Well, yeah. Yeah, so that means he did a pretty good job, huh? What? He did a pretty good job acting as it. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, he did. I mean, he was. You're a, meant to hate a character. But you don't see hate... him in his normal role. No. That's what I like about it. Well, I like it because he's always like in the action stuff. I don't like just this. This was action. Mm, not from him. There was action. Very little. What do you mean? The whole ending was, was action. action. You uh, don't remember? Nah. You don't remember the end you don't where remember? he was like deaf at the end and he's like. Oh, he at the just... end it actually built it up, but like in the beginning it took like forever. But that, it's a story. Yeah, but stories develop. They take a while to understand. I know. This took very long. It did take a while. But that's, this one did take a while. You guys are just used to things happening so fast. Not like, like, it doesn't have to be fast. It shouldn't be fast, but it shouldn't be really slow either, you know? Well, just like that movie that was like in, remember that movie you showed me? 19, uh, I don't know what it was called. It was like in 1969. Uh, it was like with those three cowboys, and they were waiting for a train to come. Oh. <laughs> it took forever. Oh, how I won uh, Once Upon a Time in America. No, Once Upon a Time in the West. Right, but that's the whole thing. It's a build-up. I know, this I know build up. but that t- actually took, like, that was getting annoying. Well, like, that, I, could, I wasn't patient for isn't that. Isn't that, like, meant to be annoying, though? It is. It's supposed to be meant to be frustrating and to see, like, the whole idea for some of these films is to understand how long it takes to get to the one simple action of an action, of somebody getting shot or somebody getting hit or whatever or whatever is going to happen to move the story forward so you're sitting there and just waiting for anticipation and then it happens and then you're like oh my gosh it took forever to get here but it was worth it because it was some something happened that was great you know so you're and and it happens in a lot of movies you'll be that one movie we were watching it was called dead man with johnny depp the guy's on the train and he's constantly on the train oh that took a long time right because he was on a journey to get to this place that was far off and the director wanted you to feel how long it took and that was mm. one of the ways to do it and that's kind of like Copland wasn't that way it was just more like getting the story developed yeah yeah it just it took a while I don't know did you like the movie yeah it was okay it was, it was good it wasn't it wasn't like my favorite it had a it lot of right. stars in it though yeah but it was okay it was okay so yeah. is this kind of a recommendation or not really mm. If you have nothing else to watch. <laughs> All right. I guess that's a good point. If you have... I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. I watched it in the theater a long time ago. and uh, It must have been good in theaters. It was okay. I think we were bored, too. I actually liked it more on watching it. You know... When you were a kid, it's probably like better because like even all these good movies, like a lot of good movies, came out in like the late nineteen hundreds, like nineteen seventies, eighties, and nineties yeah. and stuff. And getting them watch them on the theater, theater like the first time, it's probably like so cool. Yeah, some cases, unlike how yes. we have to watch it like like this. Some cases, yes. We don't get it as good as uh, oh my god, we don't get as good of movies though. What are you talking about? 
Oh, you mean mm. 2000? Yeah. Well, yeah, these movies are terrible. Well, it depends. Some are good, some are not. No. All right, anyway. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Bye. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. I'm here with Mark and Bella at Chambers of Hell. And, uh, Mark, are you dressed as the Mushroom Man? Yes, I am. And what is the Mushroom Man? And what, what is going on here? The Mushroom Man is basically a kind of zombie thrall that lives in the, the bayous. The bayou, the first time. <laughs> so the bayous, uh, basically, okay, the Chambers of Hell is a, a haunted experience, haunted attraction, uh, or a haunted house, would you call it a house? It's it's a lot of everything, though, right? Yeah, honestly, the way that I would describe it is more of an experience. We're a haunt, but we're year-round, and we have so much to offer between our haunted house, our yearly events, we have dinner theaters, we have laser tag, we have escaped the haunt, we have so much to offer. Okay, so the Mushroom Man is from the bayous. Now, the bayous is relevant to a haunted attraction because what? What do we have going on with the bayous? So, our first haunt is um, very, like, New Orleans themed. Mm-hmm. Our Mushroom yeah. Man is a part of our swamp. Which has and- a lot of, like, witchy voodoo vibes. Going straight from, like, a traditional New Orleans mansion. Going it all, everything feeds into each other. Everything is super immersive. You really feel like you're in a swamp. That's what everyone has said going through here today. They go into that first area and they're just like, "Oh, I'm here." Everything looks so good. Everything looks so real. Um, it just, it, it's so immersive. You feel like you walked out of a swamp, Charlie. I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, we're here talking to the Mushroom Man and Bella, and I'm thinking the Mushroom Man is just a fun guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, we haven't, we'll find wait, out later. Wait, wait, I mean, sorry, I don't know how folks. fun he can be without a right hand. <laughs> Are you a lefty? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am. And a righty. Whatever, whatever it takes, you know. So, Mushroom, uh, you go enjoy being a fun guy. We're going to talk to Bella. Now, Bella, what is your part in all of this? So, I would like to call myself a little jack-of-all-trades. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of different things at the haunt. Between acting, I'm also the um, head of the makeup department. I'm the makeup manager. And this is my first year becoming this uh, sort of role. I also bartend here. I sing. I do a little bit of everything. You sing? Mm-hmm. Could we have a little sample? Oh, gosh. That's like asking Cassandra for me to do a joke. Yeah, like do a joke right now. Yeah. Do, do a fun song. Or a bad song. Uh, oh, gosh. Or, or, or a line. I'm just curious what your singing voice is like. Um, let's see. I'm just curious. I'm trying to think, like, what... <laughs> we did mash. We did them all. Actually, I have to say one of my favorite things that we've done is our uh, Valentine's Day haunt, which I got to sing at, um, and I did a lot of. I don't know if you're familiar with Caro Emerald. 
No, it isn't. Oh my gosh, she is a wonderful artist. She has amazing vocals, but I love singing her songs. They're she she has a gorgeous voice. I can't top her, but you know I, I try to impersonate her. She's pretty close. I gotta say, every <laughs> time every time she's singing, Never. it's always been great. In postmodern jukebox, I like to cover a lot of their stuff as well. Okay. Um, I gotta look those up. I could actually, yeah, I could give you a little sample of one of those songs. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta add a playlist. Maybe, maybe Chambers of Hell will have a Bella playlist for me. Yeah. <laughs> that would be and great, a Bella like, playlist, honestly. Yeah. Maybe like a makeup list. So we actually, we do have, um, we like to have fun in the makeup room. So we have a playlist every year that we make up of songs that people like from you know the actors to the staff and we like to listen to that while we do the makeup we, we want to have that fun environment for the actors before they have to go in and scare everyone yeah what's like a pre-show pre-scaring people ritual for the actors do you guys so, have like an american psycho uh, routine <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. we do have something Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we have a few different things. We have a few fun things that we say. We have, um, we like to do this thing where we say chambers on three. Okay. And everybody screams chambers right before we go into the haunt, and that's how we know we're going to have a great night. Oh, that's yeah. a lot simpler than, than what I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, make green juices, and soups, and coffees. And teas. Teas are very teas, important yeah. for your throat. Lozenges, anything. Oh, like do, any, 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 like, little honey like little uh, cough drop thing because after the first week I, just everyone's voice is gone oh you do a lot of screaming a mushroom man screaming I, I, I was in there for like what 10 minutes I'm already feeling all the mushrooms <laughs> I know are silent we got like mutant mushrooms though he's got a lot going on yeah there. yeah it's a lot of a lot of colors a lot of fun hair did you guys make this mask no no we actually got this from a big haunters convention called Transworld that our bosses go to every year it is one of the biggest haunters conventions, I believe, in St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. You get um, a bunch of different masks, prosthetics, props. It's it's pretty crazy with stuff that we yeah. ordered from them this year. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's something that like every haunted house place from around the country goes right. to. So like you you go there, you meet other people, you learn from other people. Everyone gets together. It's like it's basically Comic Con for haunted house people. Have you ever seen transgenders showing up to this and confused, oh. thinking it was a different type of convention? I mean, I've never been down. Yeah, another. But, uh, it's, it's usually for those um, who own a haunted yes, house or are yeah, part of yeah. it. They'll go. Yeah. Oh, so. it's like it's like a restaurant depot for haunted. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like a com- not a comic con, but yeah, yeah, like a depot. You can buy things or IBS for makeup people. You probably know the IBS, right? International. Yeah, yeah. Show, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. I actually unfortunately got to miss my opportunity to go because of COVID. Uh, oh, yeah. I was in. Um, the, one of the biggest reasons why I got into the makeup here is because I went to aesthetics and I did um, I actually taught a special effects class while I was in school and we were supposed to go to the beauty show in the city and unfortunately we had to miss out on it. Well you have beautiful skin I was thinking I was like she wore makeup you. on I was like I wonder like, what kind of skincare she does your skin is like flawless underneath it so I'm thinking that the whole time because I'm a cosmetologist but anyway we've gone way over time so oh, yeah. final thoughts for it came from the radio Mark Torres going to kill me. And Charlie's here too. Charlie could have cut us off. But, oh. <laughs> We're like double over time. Oh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Sorry, right, right? like, so here you mushroom man. I was just going to say, is there any social media? Yes, give us your social media for all listeners to find you. Um, Handles, websites. Uh, re- really just Chambers of Hell. Okay. For, for, for most of the things on okay. uh, uh, YouTube account, uh, Instagram, 
Uh, we, we Facebook, have, we, we have Facebook. Facebook. Did we have a TikTok at one point? We do have a TikTok, actually. That's up and coming. A lot of us are, you know, trying to build that up. But, yeah, if you are looking for any of us, any of the artists, any of the actors, you know, you want to hire them for parties, we I'm are available. available on the page. You can find us on yeah. the Instagram, Facebook. The, right. Or just directly to the website. And, Bella, if we want to hear you sing, where do we go? <laughs> Uh, come here to Chambers of Hell. You All can right. come to any of the year-round events. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That's a wrap. See you later. Back to Studio Mark. Sorry. Sorry. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to a Came from the Radio, the official, the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. I'm here live at New York Comic Con with Nick... Draper Ivy. Draper Ivy. Nick, I hear you are an amazing artist. I hear you do Static Shock. What else do you... And I'm a big fan. I just walked up to your booth, and I see this amazing artwork. So you are an amazing artist. So why don't you tell our listeners exactly what you do and who you are about? Um, well, right now I'm working at DC. I'm doing uh, Static Shadows of the Code. I'm on the last issue. I'm drawing it currently as we speak. Um, I've done like some some covers. I've done like a um, the Black Panther album back in the day. What well, back in the day? That's like what 2016, 17, whenever the first movie came out. Did that soundtrack artwork for that. Um, yeah, I'm currently like just working at DC right now and just enjoying my time here at the con. So when you first started out, were you like, I want to work for DC, or did you like, I want to be an no. independent? <laughs> what, what, what was the plan, and my, how did you wind up here? My uh, background is more so manga and anime, and um, you know, I drew uh, like a, my own like interpretation of Static, and uh, Dennis Cohen, one of the founders of Milestone, you know, saw it online and reached out to me, and I guess the rest is history. Yeah. R.I.P. Dennis. Um, I no, no, no. This is still live. Oh, Dwayne. Still so I'm thinking Dwayne, Dwayne McDuffie. Dwayne McDuffie is sorry, sorry, listeners. I'm very tired today. Today's Sunday. I'm very tired. Dwayne was the guy I met years ago. He was an awesome guy to meet personally. And R.I.P., but sorry. Yeah, I have not met Dennis. I mean, uh, Dwayne. Dwayne, yeah. But, you know, I would have liked to have met Dwayne McDuffie. You know, it's a lot of pressure, you know, drawing this character and even having to write for the character and not being able to speak to Dennis and ask like how he would go about it or what to do. So, you know, I talk to Dennis the most every decision I make in the in the book, I always go to Dennis first. Yeah, and get the approval from him before I do anything. So I would take it you'd be a fan of the property before you started working on the product, right? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, grew up, you know, I knew about the milestone comics and I'd seen like the Blood Syndicate, you know, stuff, but seeing um, my, my generation saw Static Shock, the cartoon. So, you know, even though the character's name is Static and not Static Shock, everyone calls him Static Shock, but his actual name is Static, you know. But that's what I grew up on. And, you know, I try to incorporate, you know, as much as I can into it while being respectful to what came before me, you know, but doing my own thing with it as well. So that's an interesting aspect. You, you have an idea of what's out there. You're the next generation of artists. How do you manage to make something fresh and interesting? Because your stuff, just looking at it right here, is amazing. It's, it's fantastic. And yet, how do you, I guess, work on the foundation of what's already there without completely ignoring and erasing what came before? It's, it's tricky because, you know, you, you want to appeal to the fans. You want to give the fans what they want, but you also want to give them something new. And there are things that you want to see as a fan of the property 
but you want to also make sure that the material is good and the story is good and you have something to say. I think that's mostly where it starts. It's like, what am I trying to say with this? And then the other stuff is secondary, you know. And even though you may want to throw every single character in there, it's like, well, does that service the story? No. Then just don't put it in there, you know. But you can always, like, put little nods and stuff like that. But it's always story first and, like, can you make the readers feel something? And, you know, everybody will ask me, like, oh, are you going to put so-and-so in there and so-and-so in there? I'm like, uh, no, you know. But I can guarantee the story will be good, you know, and it's its own thing. So that's my biggest thing is like trying to do it my own thing with it and not be disrespectful to what came before me. I never want to do anything like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, kill off a beloved character that everyone loves. I, I don't. That's not my job to do that. That's how I feel about it. I'm not, anything that was not created by me, I don't touch. You know, not in that, not in that respect. It's just like you just don't do that for me. But other people are different. So. So we're almost out of time, so where can people find out more about you besides reading uh, Static Shock? How can they reach out to you? How can they hire you? Are you taking gigs? Uh, I, I think I'm going to try to do some, like, some personal stuff after I finish Static, but you can find me on Instagram, you know, Nicholas Draper Ivy, N-I-K-O-L-A-S-D-R-A-P-E-R-I-V-E-Y, all one word. You can find it on there. Um, I, I'm around. And do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Um... No. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, check out his stuff. His stuff is amazing. Nick, thank you so much. Thank I really you. appreciate it. This is Mark Torres signing back to the studio. All right. Hey, guys, this is Kari Payton. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. So keep listening. Now, back to our show. What are the scariest things going on at Chambers of Health? What are the yeah. scariest things? This you is the third year I've been here. What are the scariest things? Uh, scariest things. Scariest things. Uh, renovations. Brand new renovations, as always. Brand new actors. Um, a whole new brand of three haunted houses to come to. Come on, what else can you beat? And is it scary to do a New Orleans new? It is terrifying. Is but it's scary? cool. But it's cool. It's cool. I feel like everybody wants to walk down Bourbon Street, right? What are you getting chased by an axe murderer? Or you want the music? Either one's good, isn't it? I, I hate to break it to you, but I think... I, well, I've never been to New Orleans, but from what I've heard, I think I'd be more afraid actually being there than here. Well, I'm sorry. But, uh, that, I hope you don't take that personally. I no, I, to, I, uh, I guess a, so. Is New Orleans to, uh, that bad? <laughs> New Orleans is good. New Orleans is good. He says it's good. He's been there. He knows. New Orleans is good. Not dangerous. No, but anyway, he back says to, it's good. That's the recon work. I know he went. He went. He did the recon work. He did the reconnaissance. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So back to Chambers of Hell. No. Yeah. Could you tell us what viewers can expect this year? Because every year you guys really do it up. How? I mean, you spend what months and months creating yeah. a new set. So yes, we do. What, what are you guys showing this year? What do we got? What do we got? Well, we got three horned houses. Um, as always, three horned houses. Um, we've got brand new sets. We've got killer actors. Um, man, it's intense though, I'll tell you that. It's intense, it's big, it's scary, and I think the coolest thing about this is normally we have like one or two rooms, right? We have like one or two rooms that are like showstoppers. And this year, we have like, look at this guy right here, I love this guy. Charlie! We have, um, there we, go. we have like five or seven showstoppers this year. This crazy guy on my left, looks at a room and goes, we could do better, we could do better, and always makes it better. 
And I think people normally walk through Chambers of Hell and they go, wow, this is the show, this is the place to be, this is crazy. But I feel like this year, I, I don't know, I feel like it is the best year that we've ever had. I feel like there's show-stopping pieces and so many wow moments, but I feel like the scare factor is up. Way up. And there weren't even scare actors there. Today. Oh, that's what I'm saying. We, we still got people to add. We still got people to add. One thing I'll say about this, uh, you know, I, I do filmmaking and acting, so from a filmmaking perspective, Matt was telling me off camera that he tinkers with the lighting yes. every night as does a walk. Every you know night. I mean Tell so him how much you do in the lighting, how much you do, how much you how much do you think about the lights? I'm tired. <laughs> I don't know if haunted houses usually. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I was born in '84. I come from haunted houses. I don't know if that's like. They're still haunted houses. It's okay. They're still I'm not going to offend anyone. Okay. No. Okay. So we don't, get, we don't get offended here at Chamber Hill. That's where I'm from. We call the haunted houses not haunted attractions. It's a haunted it. house. No, no. The we, evil haunted house. That's all I knew about. We don't. We don't get offended here. And we I don't, don't think they check the lighting, like you guys. No, they don't check the lighting. And let me tell you something. This guy to my left, here, Mr. Matt Giuliano, is the lighting aficionado now. And if you look in the back. It speaks volumes. I don't really know. I don't know. What do you want to say with the lighting? I don't know. I'm just trying to make it the best I can. Oh, that's it. And let me tell you something. He does. Part he does of a good experience. And you have smells. We do. We have smells. Yeah. We have. We have. We have dead body. You didn't even smell them tonight. No, the smells weren't. You're very lucky. We have. We have dead, dead body. body. We got dead body. We got. Uh, we got coffee. We got wine. We got electric chair. We got rotted corpse. We got dead animals on the ground. What else? So that's you in the electric chair. You smell grating. That's like when you walk over. Oh, the vibration floor. Uh, vibration floor got a few people. I heard a few screams in there tonight. That was very nice. You know, shout out to Equinox. Uh, there's a thousand something. I don't, I don't know how much. It might be ten thousand or twenty thousand dollar vibration plate machine. They can just come to Chambers in Hell and just. Stand on that vibrating floor, and that will get your lymph moving. It, and that it will, will give you the benefits of a vibration plate. So it's kind of like a fitness arena. It'll shake as well. you up. It'll shake you up here. It did shake me up. We'll shake the fat right out of you. So now we're almost at five minutes, which is our cutoff. Uh, please tell us anything that's on your mind, any final thoughts, and where to find you. Absolutely. Uh, this is the place to be. The best place to find us is chambersofhell.com. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. We've got the laser tag now. We've got escape games here. We've got movie experiences. There's so much to do. Chambersofhell.com, guys. It's where everything is. It is your home of year-round horror. That is the place to be. Did I miss anything? Got it all. And thank you, Charlie. Now back to the studio. Mark. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio. The Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com, centraloregonradio.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter, and always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week.
You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.